Welcome to the Verse Podcast, episode 12, NBA Finals Review. Today, we have a special guest on the podcast, my man, Pierre Watkins. Yes, sir. Hey. Um, yeah, so Pierre, just uh, give everybody a little rundown, um, you know what I'm saying, about yourself, kind of, so that people can get get to know you a little bit better. All right, well, my name is Pierre Watkins, 23 years old. I stay in uh, Seymour, Tennessee now. Me and Colin went to high school together, graduated 2016. I currently uh, work for a moving company in Knoxville. On the weekends, I work at a liquor store and I also coach high school football and basketball. Sir, so stay on that topic, you know, uh, with high school basketball, really just basketball in general. First of all, this is the first podcast episode we're doing about basketball. So I'm pretty excited about that. It's not because I don't love basketball. It's just that I don't really watch too much basketball. I watch enough to be like, know what's going on, but I'm not an expert in any sort of the fashion in, bas- in, in, in uh, basketball. But we do have one in Pierre, you know, you, you're a basketball coach. So I know, you know, a lot. I've played basketball with Pierre for many years and, you know, he, he was one of the best players on the team, you know? High IQ basketball player. <laughs> yeah, a little so, bit, a little bit. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, not to not to brag on him too much, but really to get in uh, to the podcast, um, really going to be talking about really the Celtics and the Warriors, how, how this finals went, really all covering all those topics. And like um, pretty much why, why didn't the Celtics uh, uh, win the NBA finals, Pierre? Like that's what I'm kind of trying to figure out, like, Shed some light on that. <laughs> but so I'll say this. Before the game even started, you know, I wasn't really rooting for any specific team because my team lost around before that, you know, a Miami fan. <laughs> but me overall, I believe that Celtics didn't win this finals. There's a I mean, there's a couple factors that go into it. One big factor is the face of the Celtics is Jason Tatum. Everybody knows that he's the face yeah. of it. I just feel like he didn't step up to the plate when it when the time came. Like you're supposed to be that face of the team. You gotta <laughs> you gotta come to play every single night. Like just like he's been doing the whole playoffs, the whole regular season. Like you gotta play, and it seemed like he didn't show up. Seemed like he was a little. You know, a little nervous about it. First time being there, you know. I mean, yeah, he's young. but He's like 23, 24 years old, something like that, I think. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's one big thing. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't step up. There's, like, he's got to score. He has to – for them to win that, he has to have, like, 25, 20, 25 points a game. And if he's not doing that, he has to step up in different factors. And I feel like most of those games, he didn't show up like he should have. Yeah, and and I knew his his shooting wasn't wasn't good at all. I would say overall in the NBA Finals, um, you know, it, it seemed at the beginning of the series that he was just trying to go in the paint and be aggressive, but he was just trying to draw fouls and not actually score. But it seemed throughout the series he got a little bit more comfortable and he did a lot better job in trying to drive and score. But his shooting, especially in in long range and three point, um, wasn't that well. Um, you know, uh, he could have definitely done better. 
Um, but what really surprised me was um, Jalen Brown, how well he played. Um, he, he did he did amazing. But, you know, I would say to beat the Warriors, it, it takes an all-around effort as a team. Um, he, he did play a key factor. And I would say the Celtics, if they were to make at least 85% of their free throws, they were. They would have won the NBA Finals. Uh, their free throw percentage was terrible. I don't know the exact number, but just watching every game, like I could tell, like wow, they're missing a lot of free throws. So I think not only that, I think Jason Tatum, just him missing his free throws and and definitely missing beyond the arc. You know, he he definitely struggled in that. Um, but from a coaching's perspective, Pierre, like, what do you think the Celtics could have done to really put themselves in a better position to win the finals? I would say on the defensive end, I mean, I know everybody knows Steph Curry is one of probably the best shooter ever, you know, but you got to take pride in defense. That's one thing. I I know it's the NBA. Yes, they're going to score. They're all great players, professional players. Everybody's going to score. But it has to come to a point where you got to sit down and play defense. And there was plenty of times where they actually did pretty good. They did some turnovers. They'll have a couple runs during the during the series, but that was one big thing: defensive rebound, offensive rebound. And then one thing that I seen that Steve Kerr was actually talking about in game the last game of the finals, game six, it was a lot of one on one going on. Like they didn't move the ball. The Warriors are real good at moving the ball. Mm-hmm. Like they love to share the ball. They want all of their teammates to score, whether it's the starters, whether it's the people coming off the bench. Like every single one of them. Like there's no no question about it. They all know how to work with each other. I'll also say, I mean, most of them been there from uh, from the Celtics. They pretty much kind of been there for at least two years. I think it is two three years together. So I mean, they they do have that team chemistry. But just leading up to the finals, they never really took off on every single team consistently. It was always they were playing good in spurts. They never did the whole game. Yeah, and and I completely agree. Like I just feel like the Celtics' uh, defense wasn't that great. It it, was, it really surprised me because at the beginning, I would say probably game one through three, they did a pretty good job on defense for the most part. I feel like the Warriors kind of just figured them out. But the biggest thing to me was if you're going to beat the Warriors, your pick and roll defense has to be great. And I feel like the Celtics pick and roll defense wasn't that great because there was way too many times where Steph would come around a pick, even though most picks I think the Warriors did were illegal. That's just my own opinion. But, I, you know, so he would come around the screen and then he would just shoot a wide open three. And then you would see the post like in the paint, not stepping up. Al Horford would do this. Uh, Williams would do this. But Williams was actually like, but Williams would come up sometimes. But I see, I saw that when the Celtics did great on defense is when they started doing good during the pick and roll defense and making sure that Steph doesn't get open shot or make sure that um, they they at least switch on the screen or or at least try to get around in the post would at least come up and help until um, the defender could get off the screen. I just feel like their screen defense was terrible. Their inbound defense was like the worst inbound defense I have ever seen, like in the NBA finals. Like I'm talking about whenever the Warriors inbound the ball, I'm like, oh, they're going to score. Like it's just, they're just going to score. Cause it was just, it was terrible. But 
I would just say those those two things, the defense and the inbound defense was just terrible. And and if you would think in the scouting report, we're playing the Warriors. They Draymond Green, literally his role is to be a good screen player and get Steph, uh, Steph Curry wide open, to get Clay wide open. Everybody knows the Warriors do a great job at screening and really getting guys open for the three. But if you're top of the key pick and roll, you 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 should have practiced that. You probably should have practiced hours upon hours in practice against, okay, they're going to do top of the key screen. This is what we're going to have to do to attack that. I understand with Clay coming around a corner or maybe they run a couple sets where someone might get a little bit open. But if you're a top of the key pick and roll game, I feel like that should be the easiest screen to, uh, to uh, go against or at least um, practice and be prepared for. But, yeah. So, like, um, but, you know, the, like you said, Jason Tatum and the Celtics team is pr- are pretty young. They're, they ha- they've been uh, together for a couple years, but they're all pretty young. It's a pretty young team. And, and if you – I what I thought interesting, when the game one uh, was aired, um, they kind of showed how many hours each team has had, like, how many players have been in the finals. And, like, I think the Celtics, it was zero. And then the Warriors, it was, like, some crazy number that they had all these people that had experience, like, Equidala, Curry, uh, Clay, all these people that have played at NBA finals before. So my prediction, I actually made the correct uh, prediction. I said Warriors in six. But I knew what would probably happen is that the Celtics would get up early in the series and then they would struggle to finish it out because they didn't have the experience in the finals to close the series. But my question to you is, do you believe the Celtics are going to, you know, come back next year and make it to the finals again? No, I don't think so. I think, if anything, well, I'll say this. It, it won't happen now. But if it does, it would have to be them being an overall great team, like a great mm-hmm. team. I know with the Warriors, besides probably like two of their players, everybody can take the ball down the court. Everybody can shoot, literally everybody. And that's like that's kind of, that's kind of hard when you have to defend outside the three point line, not just inside. You feel me? Like. That, that's tough when you have to know that every single player on the team can shoot the ball. And they don't have that right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> maybe, potentially, if they get another star, which I like the way they had it this year. They didn't no like, big three or anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, they had they have some role players that stepped up, like Derek White. He was – I, I love him in this whole playoffs. He stepped up a lot. And that was like, that was really big for him. That helped him a lot. A lot of their bench players, they did very well for them. But as for them going back next year, I don't see it. I see too many other teams hungry next year for them to do. Yeah. And and it, we kind of saw that like it's kind of it's kind of hard for a team to make it back to the NBA finals. Um especially in the East, the East seems like a new team comes up to the finals every year now. Um, so it's going to be pretty difficult. Um, I hope I'm, I'm hoping that they don't turn out like the uh, OKC thunder uh, when they had uh Hard in Westbrook and uh, KD. 
how everybody was like, they're all young. They have so much potential. They're not going to be back next year, but they'll like be back eventually in their career back in the finals. And then uh, it ended up where the team kind of disbanded and everybody kind of went their own ways. And then everybody looks back. Just imagine if that team were still together when Harden and Westbrook and KD all hit their prime together. They would have been amazing. They had a dynasty. I hope it doesn't end the same way with the Celtics, looking at Jalen Brown, looking at um, Jason Tatum, and just looking at other uh, Marcus Smart, looking at a couple pieces on the team. So hopefully they do stick together and eventually get back to where they were. Um, man, it's a hard lead to go back to back. It really is. Um, so moving towards more talking about the Warriors, um, what does this NBA Finals mean for like Steph Curry's legacy? Because you always want to hear the one of the greats and and what person stacks up on pers- uh, a different person um, who's the greatest. And, you know, it seems like every year we have this conversation when someone wins the NBA Finals, whoever the MVP was, they were just kind of like, what does that mean? You know, we had Kawhi Leonard, we have LeBron, and every time they win a ring, they kind of talk about where they list on the top of the greats. Now, what does what this NBA Finals and this uh, Steph Curry winning his MVP of the Finals, what does that say about his legacy? So I believe it, what is it? Is it three or four rings now? It it's, four? It's, it's four. It's four, I believe, yeah. So going overall, he is definitely one of the best point guards ever. He's changed the game of basketball, of shooting, and that's that's something big. Like you don't just do that every two years or something like that, changing like the way basketball is. I think he's definitely top could be like top three for point guards. Shooting guards, he's definitely the best. It already, it already showed just from his stats. Now when they talk about different things about him, like like we were talking about being the best, though. In that sense, it comes down to what rings you have. Cause, like, you can you can be really good, but if you never get any rings, like, it doesn't mean anything that you did, you know, because at the end of the day, you, you got to get a championship. Getting yeah. More, getting another ring, I feel like if he gets that next ring or he just keeps up these stats for a couple years, because he has, he has plenty of time to be in this league. He'll definitely be one of the best. Him adding that MVP, that was very big. That oh, yeah. that helped tremendously. I I believe. Yeah, and and I really think that Steph Curry. Now, Steph Curry is going to go down as the greatest shooter in NBA history. I think I think it's pretty solid to say that now. Um, everybody knows that he's going to be goes down as the best three-point shooter to ever play basketball and he will forever have changed the nba um at, when, once he retires with how teams are starting to just chuck up threes every game like the amount of threes that are being um shot per game has increased i feel like ever since steph has entered his prime and now you're seeing even high school players college players trying to be like steph you know look at trey young um I feel like Trey Young is a product of like Steph Curry evolving the bat game of basketball. And so I think he, he's, he's going to go down as one of the greatest. Now, as an overall player, I don't know if he'll be go down as like top five greatest or top three greatest, just because when people talk, have that conversation, they like to talk about like a lot of different attributes and Steph, I feel like does like two things very well. Like he, he has good ball handling has 
great ball handling and he, he can shoot. He's the best shooter in NBA history. But like when everybody talks about the greatest, they like to talk about like you can play defense, you can drive, you can uh, ball handle, you can shoot, you can you can rebound like it's really all around stats and all around player. That's why everybody talks about Jordan. Everybody talks about LeBron because they can literally do everything. They can pass, shoot, score, um, be clutch and all those things. And I think what really hurt Steph also was probably early in his career when he did win those finals, he was never the finals MVP. But the thing about Curry is that I feel like he has a lot of more years in him just because of the league is built now. People don't have to um, really be that physical. Um, the league's not that physical anymore. And Steph, just his style of play, is really great for a, more of a longer career because he just shoots threes. It's not like he's in the trenches all the time where he could potentially get hurt. He's over here shooting floaters and threes. And I feel like, shoot, as long as he, as long as he wants to play basketball at the NBA level, he can play for a very long time. So, you know, if he racks up like – two or three more finals and maybe two or three more finals MVPs, he could go down as actually one of the greatest of all time. So it'll be actually interesting to see how, you know, how that's going to go and future of his career. And really the dynasty of the Warriors this past decade has been like crazy. And um, really, do you think the the Warriors can go back next year and, and uh, potentially win again? I really do believe so. And that's just because of, how good they are. Like I said, how good they share the ball, how good each player is, how good they can shoot. Going back to Steph Curry, you pay attention. He's he's real good at creating his own shot. He's good at not being the, goal, the point guard coming off the of screens. He's good at passing. He's been very well within these past two years. He's gotten a lot better at his passing game. Knowing where the holes are, when to pass the ball, how to bring the defense to him because they know he can shoot the ball to get other people open. His aspect of playing as a guard, he's definitely got better. If you actually pay attention, he's he has a new crossover. It's like literally right in front of the person. Most of the time, he's doing a little bit of like a sidestepping, trying to create space to get around them. He's literally having the ball so close to where they can't even steal the ball as much. He doesn't really get a lot of turnovers like that. His turnover issue, I definitely believe, went down this year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. yeah, Other players that got involved, like me personally, I believe that, yes, Steph, Steph Curry went crazy in game six, but if we had to give the MVP to one person in game six, I would have given it to Draymond Green. <laughs> he probably played one of the best games offensively and defensively. Like, it was amazing. He's over there guarding, blocking shots, taking charges, averaging close to, like, six, seven assists a game. Yeah. He, I think this, in game six, he made one three. Before that, he shot, like, 12 and didn't make. You know <laughs> he was actually giving, like, effort and every single aspect of the game oh yeah and, and I, yeah i would say that's probably draymond's he, that was his best game in the whole playoffs in my opinion um and really um i think the warriors can repeat so just because of their coach uh steve kerr he's a great coach i know he's gonna put them in the best position um i think the only thing 
I, I can potentially see the uh, Grizzlies, a healthy Grizzlies, uh, potentially come back and, and maybe challenge the Warriors next year. Um, that'll be interesting to see. But just knowing that they have this whole cast coming back and and then also uh, Steve Kerr being there, still being their coach, I think the sky's the limit for them. And, like, talking about overall the NBA Finals in general, what, what is kind of your, like, thoughts about, like, the NBA Finals this year? Like, has it, out of all the NBA Finals, has this one been, like, one of your favorites? Has this one been, like, oh, this was okay. Like, what was your really thoughts about the NBA Finals this year? I think, me personally, it was really good. Just the fact that the Warriors didn't sweep them, you know. Obviously, people are rooting for the Celtics because the Warriors have won a lot a couple times and things like that, which they wanted. Me, personally, I, would, I always like to see a new team win here and there. Like, if you can't beat them, you can't beat them. I understand that. Like, they have a really good team. But I just like to see it switched up a little bit. Like, if the Celtics would have won, I would have been very happy because just the world's going on. Like, we haven't won one in a long time. Like, last year, the Milwaukee Bucks won. They yeah. were a great team. They really didn't lose anybody but from the year this year, but they just couldn't handle a certain team to get past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and I would say um, this finals – this finals was – it wasn't the best finals um, I've ever seen, nor was it the worst finals I've ever seen. Um, I would say it was just nice to see Steph get an MVP um, in the finals, finally. Um, I would That's really all I would say about it, even though um, I feel like the, uh, the refereeing in this NBA finals was probably one of the worst I've ever seen. Like... At this point, I feel like the NBA needs to do something about the refereeing. And there's just too many calls in the game that was so awful. Like, I think I know the NBA doesn't want to become like the NFL and literally review and challenge everything and really slow the game down. But some calls like there's calls where person, obviously the ball went off them and it went out of bounds. And it's just like they don't even review it or flinch an eye to review it when obviously the it should go the other way there's been times where a person is just like getting hacked like soup like a really bad foul or a fa- or a call that's not even a foul at all and you everybody sees it and then nothing happens about it I think the referee was terrible and it was so crazy how when they're at the Celtics it was a it was like a different type of refereeing while when they're at golden state, it was a different type of refereeing. And it was just like, wow, like it's just night and day. And and you can tell the difference. Like when they're at the warriors, no one's in foul trouble. Every on the warriors, like they're just like fouling. Well, you can call fouling. Some people would say not fouling, but they're fouling and they're not calling anything. And then they go to the cell. Uh, they go to Boston and then every, everything they, they just lay a finger on somebody. Everything's a foul. And just like this is kind of like annoying to watch, and I felt like the commentators were terrible this year. It was just like clear as day, like they had a bias, like they wanted Golden State to win. You can't tell me if you watch the game and listen to the commentators, they wanted Golden State to win so bad, and it was just so clear and obvious. And I was like, well, that's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. It's I, a, I the officiating. I don't know if it's just me personally, but I feel like this year, 
even without the finals, I feel like so many calls that the referees made were so late. Like, whistles were blown so late. Like, I don't know what was going <laughs> on. Like, you'll see, like, okay, he got fouled. Obviously, got fouled. But then it'll go a little bit later. And then they call it, then they blow the whistle. And I'm like, what? You got to call, you got to call that earlier. Like, what's, what's going on? Like, why are you hesitating to blow the whistle on certain things? Like, yeah. I, like, game six, I think it was Robert Williams, maybe. Mm-hmm. He had a great defensive play. But they called he didn't foul him when he jumped for the ball, but they called it afterwards when he kind of landed on him a little bit. And this is like literally five seconds afterwards. Like <laughs> it didn't affect the shot or anything. It was after they're both coming down. And like that's obviously not a foul. So it was a great defense <laughs> play. And I'm like, what is going on? Like yeah, I, said, I know the NBA doesn't want it to be like the NFL. I get that. But there's times where you gotta let let them play. Like, yeah, both and, both teams are gonna be fouling. Both teams are gonna be playing hard. Sometimes there's something you gotta let go, and there's something you just can't let go. Yeah, and then everybody knows in basketball, officiating is pretty hard because of the pace of the game, and it's not basketball. Good officiating is just like being consistent with your calls. So if one thing is a charge and it's it looks this way and they call charge, then all the other charges in the game have to resemble the same look or the same way or if like if they're doing hand check stuff so if someone puts their forearm on someone's uh chest or stomach to stop them on defense and they call it a foul then every time someone does that they need to call it a foul so it's not about what is and discretion it's about being consistent in your calls that's good officiating in basketball and i just feel like it's like was i feel like it was done in each game but i feel like each game was a lot different and so that's what I don't like I guess and then like like one example Jason Tatum I think it was Andrew Wiggins who went in for a layup and Jason Tatum didn't even touch him like didn't even touch him they called a foul and I was like we can't you can't chat like I know the coaches have challenges one challenge but I'm like we all see it like (laughs) the man didn't even touch him and he called a foul so like it's just it's just crazy to me or when that uh one I forgot the player on the uh, Warriors, but he tripped over himself like literally the back of his foot hit his calf. And he tripped over himself, and they said a foul on the Celtics. And I was just like, "Come on, we can all see that." But <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would say it's just like something needs to be done there um, to make it a little bit more enjoyable and and not have everybody on Twitter saying the NBA is rigged. Uh, but you know. We can move on from that conversation. We could talk all day about that. <laughs> but uh, so um, really looking forward, I love, you know, takes uh, very, very uh, bad takes. That's what I that's what I say on my Twitter. Just follow me if I <clears throat> if you want to listen to bad takes. But I also love predictions. So who do you predict to be in the NBA finals next year? Man, it's always so hard because you know people are getting traded every year. <laughs> you don't know we're gonna stay healthy. You never know what could happen. Yeah, I know. It's just that's why that's why I like it because it's just like it's pretty much like a shot in in the air. Like you just don't you don't know, but you never know. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, Warriors and six before the series started, and you know, I, 
everybody was like, you know, you never know. And and I ended up being right. So I, I'm feeling pretty good, maybe on the prediction I have, but what what do you got? <laughs> uh me personally, I think next year it'll be the Warriors in the Heat. Warriors in the Heat, okay. Because okay. I feel like even this year, if Tyler Hero would have not gotten hurt, I do believe that they would have made it to the finals. Hands okay. down. It was, it was their missing factor. Like, everybody was playing real good. But it seems like every time Tyler Hero came in, like the game changed. Like, yeah, he he came off the bench, yeah, but he's giving great minutes off the bench every single time. Like he's he's the person that's helping out every single time. Yeah, and and so you think that he and then in the Warriors? Okay, that's a good prediction. Um, I'm actually gonna match you, and I also think the Heat are gonna go to the NBA Finals. And in the West, there's so many teams. Like, I think I think the Mavs could potentially go to the NBA Finals. I think um, the Grizzlies could potentially go to the NBA Finals. Warriors. But my dark horse are the L.A. Lakers because I still have faith in LeBron James. I'm an old head. I admit it. I'm, I'm an old head. I still believe in <laughs> LeBron James. I mean, I, I mean, and I get that, and I know. Even I'm even seeing the tweet like LeBron said he will never for the rest of his career he will never not be in the playoffs. Like he's not he's not going for it. And I think one thing LeBron did this year that he hasn't done any other years he's he's passed a lot more. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to get his team involved a little bit more. He's not trying to just take over, which. You got to. I don't care. <laughs> nobody. You, you, you got to take over. Like, yeah, it comes to a point where you like you got to know. Okay, there's, there's. I, I don't need to be passing as much. Like, I need if we're gonna get to, to where we need to be. Like, I got. I have to step up. Which he stepped up every single game. Yeah, he, but there's some games he, he's played bad. You know, I, I'm, I'm LeBron fan as well. You know, I don't never have. I don't have. No bias against him. I, I, I just think that. For me, with him, the thing I didn't like with these past two years is him complaining about fouls. I hate, I hate, I hate when players do that. Like, I get, yeah, you get fouled, but like, it's basketball. They're not gonna call every foul. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. obvious ones, yes, you can get mad about that because you know it's a foul, and then they call it down on the other side of the court, which is something that you just did. I get that, but like, them putting their hands up, them talking to the refs, like, I, I just. Just play ball. Like at the end of the day, you got you got to play ball. Yeah, and and now, and I would say like Davis. Like here's the thing, Anthony Davis. Everyone knows if Anthony Davis is healthy, the Lakers are gonna be go to the finals. Point blank. Period. Anthony Davis is healthy, but he can never stay healthy. Yes, it's like that's the thing, and I think that's what the Lakers need to work on is that they need to have enough depth. And they need to be talented enough to still do well without Anthony Davis. And you shouldn't set up your roster and your team literally to be only successful if one if one player gets hurt and like your whole season is over, 
then like that's not that's not setting yourself your team up very well. Like like Clay Thompson didn't play what he he didn't play like half of the season, but uh Poole played for him and did well and did pretty good and kept them like afloat and did he did his job and and they were still successful without him. You gotta almost have that with like Anthony Davis because if you're like oh we're banking our whole season on Anthony Davis if he's healthy or not then you might get to one championship out of five years. Cause I don't know if Anthony Davis is going to stay healthy every single year he's in the NBA or like the majority of time. Cause we have seen that he he's, he's very injury prone. So I think they just need to add depth and talent and they definitely need to get younger. I mean, I know LeBron was trying to pull Tom Brady and be like, yeah, we're all old and we're all just going to be old players, vets and all get to NBA finals and win and show all these people that old heads can still win it's like, yeah, that's, that's like nice in theory, but like the NFL, the difference between NFL is that like the NFL season is not as long and, but the NBA is like so many games, like you're going to need young players to step up, uh, good role players to step up that can play every game and not be like, everybody's an old vet who needs a load management just to crutch into the playoffs. Like, like, no, like you can, you can maybe get away with that with maybe one or two players. But you can't have like six, seven players like that. Like that's not gonna cut it. Not in this NBA league because everything's getting this, so fast paced. And, and this everything. is my thing. Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Westbrook. Like, man, this is probably the worst he's played since he's been in the NBA. Like, literally the worst he's played. And my opinion on him, like, I, he's he's a great player. But my opinion on him. I don't know if he could be on a team with other stars. Yeah. Because literally when KD and James Harden left, when he was at OKC, it was almost about averaging a triple-double. Yeah, he, he averaged a triple-double that season. He broke he broke like, the record that, for the most triple-doubles in the season. That's Averaging a triple-double is crazy. <laughs> like, you're doing everything that you can do. Like, you have people around you. You have people great teammates, but you're doing everything possible to try to get that win. Yeah. And I feel like if they're going to get to that next level, if he stays with them, he has to do that. Like, yeah. he can't just be playing around. Like, you got you to gotta play like you're the only star on the team. Yeah, and and I understand that. And, and I'm at least giving Russell Westbrook the benefit of the doubt and letting him learn how to transition because here's the thing. You're, I think you're right. Like, Russell Westbrook doesn't do well with a super team, but I think that's because this is the first time in his career where he's ha- he's been he's being asked to be a role player. He's he's being asked not to be the number one guy to go out there to get triple doubles and lead his team to success. He's being asked, "Hey, we need you to do two or three things really great. We need you to play defense. We need you to attack the rim and get uh, get in the lane." And like we need you to be able to uh, shoot the ball pretty well mid range. That's all they're asking for. But then Russell Westbrook's so used to being the guy and do getting triple doubles every game and being the man, where now he's in a position in his career where he has to be a role player and fit in a role with a super team, and it's just like really hard for him because he's never had to do that his whole career. So I think maybe he he's gonna you know. You got to think when LeBron is at all, every team LeBron's had with a super team or he's tried to build a super team, it's taken like a year or two. It's usually taken two years for them to get to their peak form, 
for them to like really job and get their chemistry down. So I think what's a Westbrook is really going to take a huge leap into next year. So I'm really, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next year. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, I, I completely hear that. And I think that's what everybody's kind of seeing, but um, you know, last question about the NBA finals is who do you think was the most underrated player of the NBA Finals? Um, that's a, I mean, that's a hard question. <laughs> Somebody that underrated. Yeah, underrated. I don't know if I can answer the underrated part, but mm-hmm. I can say the best player, like me, I think Jordan Poole. I got to go with Jordan Poole. Okay. All right. He is uh, led. He's the led the NBA in uh, free throws percentage. He, I, I think it was ninety six percent. Like that's ridiculous. Ninety six percent. Like you're you're probably missing one a game. Yeah, he's, like he's that maybe all. not even and. Going, going with that, like he's somebody, who's, he's somebody who stepped up a lot, and I, and it was the, was the beginning of the playoffs when I started to see him play a little bit more, and I think it was at one time he was in the starting lineup, and he was doing amazing. Like he, it was like, I think when Steph Curry got hurt a little bit, I think he twisted his ankle or something, mm-hmm. and with him in that starting lineup, they didn't skip a beat. Like it wasn't no finding out what's going on. Like he, he knew exactly what to do, and he did it. Yeah, and and I, especially when Steph got hurt, and then when um the Warriors were in foul trouble, they put him in. Um, really, the six man come off the bench. They really they put him in when people got um were in foul trouble, and he did a great job. Um, yeah, I, and I would say he he did amazing in regards to end of the half scoring. Um, <laughs> I swear he made like three end of the half threes during that series, like. You know that that really gives a team a mo- momentum, and yeah, I think he did well. I mean, I would say at the beginning of the series, his defense was not that great, and he was kind of getting clamped up by Marcus Smart at the beginning. But it seemed like every home game at the Warriors, he played good, he played great, and um, he definitely like Game Six. He, his defense was really good. Um, so yeah, I, I can see that. Um, my underrated player was definitely Andrew Wiggins. My man Andrew Wiskins went stupid the whole he really kept the team afloat. Um he he made important three-pointers. He made great mid-range shot. Game six, he went crazy. I would say when Steph had that really bad game, we only scored like 12 points. Literally, yeah. uh, was that game five? Yeah, that was like game five. Um, Andrew Wiggins like went crazy and really um filled in his role pretty nicely. Um, I, I think Andrew Wiggins really we saw him become a star in the front of our eyes, really. I mean, it's not like he wasn't a star. He's Everybody's known he's a pretty talented player, but he's kind of, like, showed it at on the biggest stage. So I would say Andrew Wiggins was probably the most underrated uh, player in the NBA Finals. But, yeah. That's, I like that. I like that, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Pierre, um, appreciate you coming on, uh, talking about the NBA Finals. Uh, glad to do this first basketball podcast with you and uh before we leave and exit uh you want to plug in your socials or anything you know people can catch you at anything uh so 
you want to matter of fact, I have to look it up because I don't really <laughs> my head. <laughs> Social for Instagram, if you want to follow me, it's Pierre.Walkins3. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Pierre underscore Barlow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. Everybody show my uh, boy Pierre some love on the socials. Um, yeah, man. Love talking basketball. We need to get you on some more. Talk some more about some basketball, maybe some football. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some football, too. Uh, yeah, this is real fun. But uh, all right, everyone. Uh, this is the end of the verse podcast, episode 12. And I'll catch you all on the next one.